Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Shantae for the Game Boy Color, Part 1. Shantae for Game Boy Color was developed by WayForward and published by Capcom in June of 2002, Woo. making this the most current game we have played yet. A rare uh, 21st century outing. Indeed. And uh, real quick, I want to go over uh, a little bit about the WayForward company. They were sure. uh, founded in Valencia, California by Voldy Way. Voldy Way, yeah. So... I love when uh, the name makes more sense once you learn about the founders or the companies that started it. <laughs> sure, yeah. And when they started out, they were making Super Nintendo and Genesis games, exclusively licensed stuff. Oh, right, right. And they really started making a lot more money early on developing educational games. Yeah. For the PC. And then they jumped into the Leapster world. Do you remember the Leapster? Is that like Leapfrog? It was like the follow-up to Leapfrog. Yeah, it was uh, okay. like a tablet for children or a, a little laptop. Cool, cool. And they made most of the software for it. After that, though, uh, they went back to making more licensed games and tie-in games. Um, but, you know, they really uh, became known as the company that would make good licensed games, especially sure. sprite-based ones. Uh, um, yeah. I think uh, early on, their bigger hits were the Duck Amuck game for the Nintendo DS. Oh, okay. And a real popular one in my house was uh, the Adventure Time game, Hey Ice King, Why'd You Steal Our Garbage? Oh, sure, yeah. Which, uh, if you haven't played, it's pretty fun. It's like a, a Zelda 2-inspired game. Yeah, I, I remember when it came out, it looked interesting. I just have never crossed its path. I will say this, it does include a super amazing version of the theme song to the show that is like expanded, and it's great. Oh, cool. And then I think their most recent series of hits, besides the Shantae, would be their Mighty series, the Mighty Switch Force, Mighty, it's a whole series of games. But this game, Shantae, was designed, directed, and a lot of things done by Matt Bozon. Yeah. He invented the character of Shantae and kind of is the driving force for this entire game, which was WayForward's first IP they owned themselves. Yeah, yeah. I, I believe his, his wife, Erin, worked on it as well, a lot. Yes, I think originally they wanted this to be a game on the PlayStation oh, yeah. or some other system, but WayForward had a really good Game Boy Color engine that they had developed for some sports games Oh, right on. they'd worked on. And since they already had the engine going, they figured might as well use it, and they did for this game. Makes sense. Now, this game, they did do a lot of things that weren't seen on the Game Boy Color uh, due to that having a great engine and also a new pipeline where they had a special system to import the sprites the animations and then recolor them through the system yeah there, there's some stuff graphically going on that's really impressive for just being a game boy color you know oh um, yes very much so and then a part of that was because uh this cart was a 32 megabit cart so it, it did have a little extra beef in there slash uh had to have a backup battery as well a little beefy yes i love it which you know, made this game better in a lot of ways, but was also the downfall of this game uh, because it was so late in the life cycle of the system slash 
expensive to make that no one wanted to publish this game. I think they were trying to shop around for almost two years before Capcom picked it up. Yeah, which is cool, but coming out that late is uh, that's rough, man. <laughs> yeah, that's why it only came out in the United States. Uh, like I said, North America only. And they only printed, it's hard to say, somewhere between twenty and 25,000 copies. I'm sure it's incredibly affordable nowadays. Yeah, which does, uh, was my next note. It's uh, not cheap online. Good news is there are lots of repro carts out there if you just want to get a reproduction. And I think there's an officially licensed repro from one of the collector game companies as well. Cool, cool. So if you do want a physical copy, you can get one. You know, it's not going to be an original, but hey. Yeah, yeah. And then this game did have many sequels over the years through uh, many different Nintendo systems, mostly I, I, portable. Yeah, I would love to play some of these games, too. I will be, definitely. And then uh, if you haven't picked this one up, hold tight because it is being re-released for the Nintendo Switch and I think the other major systems here sometime this year. Mm, good stuff. Well, Nick, what kind of game is Shantae? Well, Eric, it's a side-scrolling action-adventure platformer. Pretty cool game. Say it. Oh. Would you say this is a... A Metroidvania? Metroidvania? I definitely would, yes. I did not realize that when uh, you suggested we play it. Oh, sure. <laughs> I don't know why. I always thought they were just uh, normal side-scrollers. Oh, but well, I mean, from the pictures, how can you tell? I mean, so, I was but, pleasantly yeah. surprised. Yeah? No, in this game, you can jump. Yes, you can. It is a variable jump. Yeah, yeah. It's got your standard, if you attack and hold down the attack button, you will run faster, and then you can jump further. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I will say that I always wanted her to be able to jump farther without the running. Yeah, I I can see that. I, I got really to the first point where you're required to run before I knew that you could or remembered it, if you will. Okay, so okay. I, I died over and over. I was like, I don't know how you're supposed to get through this area. and then And then I figured it out. I'm not sure what the controls were supposed to be for this game, but I did... I think I had mine switched. Oh, yeah. I thought, found it, I find it easier to hold down the attack button with the tip of my thumb and then jump with the back part of my thumb. Mm. Uh, when I got to those points, then it was uh, <laughs> two-finger style. Did you go move into the claw? The claw, yeah, if you will. Yes, I did. The keyboard claw. <laughs> gotcha. Wait, did you play this on a keyboard? No, no. Like, that's... Gotcha. Uh, okay. Uh it's a street fighter term for I don't know the, the way okay. to you know not not using my thumb but using my fingers on a on a pad. Okay. Blech. <laughs> I was gonna say, what kind of blasphemy would that be? No, 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 not that desperate. Not since the very original days of Nesticle. That's right. I mean, did I have to use a keyboard? The first time I beat Castlevania, granted it was Stave States, was on a keyboard. Yeah, pretty bad, pretty rough. Same for me with Jaws. <laughs> it's almost a similar achievement. As beating Castlevania in terms of uh, hardness and the quality of the game. Yeah. No. Uh, so, yes, jumping, it's uh, variable, speed-based, all that fun stuff. But, uh, you know, you're not here to listen to us talk about the jump. You want to find out about the attacks. Yeah. And Shantae has an interesting mode of attack. She cannot jump on any of the enemies. Well, actually, she can. Oddly enough, most enemies don't hurt you if you touch them. Sure, yeah. Uh, any ones that shoot projectiles are fine until the it's the projectile that hurts you yeah like the spiders and things like that it's which a, it's kind of a, blew my mind i love it um it's something you'll probably hear me say this a lot over the next uh episode or two but there's a lot of really awesome little touches 
in this game. And, and that's just what the first one we've come across, I think. Agreed. Uh, but, you know, the main way that you interact with the world and fight with the characters you come across is by whipping your hair. That's right. Kabuki quantum style. Mm -hmm. Similar to Castlevania. Yeah, yeah. You do have that slowness and a little bit of a drawback before you whip it forward. I will say that I always wanted the whip to be a little bit further and a little bit stronger. But it uh, is yeah. what it is. Yeah, yeah. It The timing, you know, you do get those startup frames that can be... I don't know. I got used to it eventually. You definitely have to get used to it. Um, the very first few times you go out there and fight creatures, you're going to get hit a lot because you are not, you're not ready for the amount of time you need to wind up to hit them in the space you need to hit them as well it's a it's a and it's a tricky timing thing too because like you were saying the a lot of the enemies won't hurt you with contact damage but there's no knockback in this game so you can no. end up on top of them frequently i did anyways and you can take damage that way once one or both of you come out of your invincibility yeah and that's why i found out you really got to start further away from every creature you want to engage with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And even till the end of the game, I had problems with that, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Now, the currency of this game are gems. And anytime you kill an enemy, they might drop a gem or a heart. Because in this game, you have health. Yeah, you start with three hearts. You know, it's kind of Zelda-like where you can take damage that's a half a heart or even less, I feels like, at, at time. Yeah. And the best part is, is that scattered throughout the world are heart holders. And each one you find increases your heart count by one. Yeah. The only great. downside is that when you get one, it does not refill your health. No, no, it doesn't. I was always a little disappointed by that. Yeah, yeah. And you'll never find anything that refills all of your hearts, will you? No, you will. There are large hearts. Yeah. But enemies don't drop them. They're only in containers. Yes. So in containers, you will find large hearts, small hearts, and then... Enemies drop the gems, but gems can be in multiple denominations as well. Yeah, you get your like 1, 5, and 10, I think. Yes. Now, also uh, stashed around the levels, you may find a 1-up. And most of the containers are pretty much only in your labyrinths. Your, there's four dungeons in the game, and they're, they're full mm -hmm. of those. And then the only other thing you're going to find throughout the levels is there are at night, because this game does have a day-night cycle, which is very interesting. I love it. At nighttime, you will find fireflies in specific places, and you collect those as well. Yeah, they're a exploration goal. Because how many are there? 12? 12. Yeah. Once I found out what you get from it, I stopped collecting them, even though I was I, at like <laughs> 9 or 10. I thought about going back for them after I beat the game, but I, I you know, I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Since we brought it up, it, the fireflies let you get an extra dance, and dancing is a big part of this game. Yeah. You know, dancing is a huge part. Let's actually, I was going to save the dances for just a moment because I wanted to go over the items first. Oh, okay, cool. Let's do it. I feel like the dances are slightly more exciting. Hold them off. <laughs> As we mentioned, you do find these gems throughout the game and you can use them in a variety of different shops you'll find throughout the world. Yeah. Each town uh, is interesting because you switch to a behind the back like a third person kind of view yeah it's similar to a game shining in the darkness it's an rpg that was it's the shining force games came started off there i believe it's on sega genesis but the, okay the towns are the same way where it's just kind of a, a third person loop that you move through left and right you'll see people and various buildings you can enter and you can talk to those people as well which i didn't realize for a while also oh and I highly recommend doing it because they say a lot of funny stuff. Yeah, and they actually do give you some uh, helpful hints as well. Yeah, yeah. Now, when you do go into these uh, different rooms, and we'll talk about those in a minute, the most common one you'll find in every town is a shop, and not every shop has every item. Correct. 
but every shop does have a full selection of healing uh, vials. Yeah, you have your vials one through three, and they each restore various amounts of health. I think one is only three hearts. What's two, six, and three is 12 hearts? I know the large vial restores all of your hearts. Okay. So I don't know. I guess that goes all the way up to the top. I actually didn't get all of the heart containers because what I'll talk about here in a little bit is that I just had a zillion large vials and it didn't matter. Oh, okay. Because there's an easy way to get infinite money in this game, or at least oh, easy sure. for me. I had, uh, I never got any of the, and, I only used the number one vials, actually. Oh, really? I'm, I'm a cheapo. Um, I was like so rich that I just decided to buy a lot of everything. <laughs> sure, sure. Uh, so let's talk about the other items we'll find, and I can kind of give you an idea of what I did along the way. You know, and like we said, each each town usually has three or four of the various items for sale in it. Sure. In that first town, you're going to find, in addition to the vials, uh, vanishing cream. Yeah, it turns you, quote unquote, invisible. You you kind of flash, but I, I guess enemies leave you alone. I only used it at one required point for a puzzle. Same here. Uh, it does cost 30 gems, though. Yeah, I it didn't seem to last that long to where I, I felt like it was worth it, kind of. Agreed. I always thought that maybe some point down the line, there'd be like a really hard place I'd need to use one or two, but never came up. Same here. <laughs> uh, then we have the storm puffs, and you buy those in chunks of 20. Yeah. Uh, you do have to use those once in the game as well, mm-hmm. and they cost 25 gems. Uh, they're described as tricky to use, but powerful, and I feel like that is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, it generates a little cloud that kind of moves forward, floats above you and forward, and shoots lightning down. Yeah, but it doesn't shoot lightning until a certain distance away from you. Yeah, there's a weird range. So if the there. enemy is too close or too far, it doesn't matter. You just wasted that that storm puff. Yeah. Uh, there is an enemy in one dungeon, though, that you have to use it on, so you got to buy at least one chunk. Yep. And then, finally, in the first chunk, we have the pike balls, and I use these quite a lot in the early game. Okay, see, I, I never really... Later, there's an upgraded version, the fireball. I had some of those. I also used it a bunch. I used it towards the end, and I liked it. Oh, yeah, this is like a mine that starts close to you and then spins outward from you for a good five to ten seconds. Yeah. But it's a great way to hit enemies that are on a platform above you or below you. Sure, yes. And the pike balls come in sets of 10 for 25 gems apiece. Not a bad deal. No. And our next set, we have the float muffins. Those cost uh, 20 gems, and you get 20 muffins per order. Yes, they will allow you to kind of bounce back in the screen if you've come to a bottomless pit. It's a little awkward and weird. I, I was uh, surprised and scared every time I used one. I Yeah, I... They're all right. I mostly think the name is hilarious because I don't know about you or our listeners, but uh, as a kid, we frequently referred to farts as floating an air biscuit or baking air muffins. And I like ah, so you combine them. Float muffins, man. That's yeah. that's. Mm, I love it. Ha ha. That would give you more gas than root beer. I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah. That's what, as a child we thought root beer was like a magical key to having more burps and farts. That's when you're going nuclear, man. Yeah, I can remember specifically a time at uh, Burger King with my cousin that he's like, we got to get root beer so we can be burping all afternoon. <laughs> like That was a selling point. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> Anyways, the float muffin, you know, I used it. There is a point where you have to use it to get one of the uh, bonuses or special mm-hmm. items. But again, the jumps in this game are never that difficult. Although uh, there are a few points later on that I did die where I, I wish I would have floated a muffin or two. Yeah, yeah, it's... It can help you out. I've n- Nothing's that hard to where you feel like, man, I'm going to use my float muffin, you know? So then later you're like, I probably just should have used exactly. it. Exactly. 
Yeah. Uh, and then we have another very helpful item that I wish I thought about using more, but never did. And that is the exit candy. Yeah. I, I had some, but I never used it. It just lets you warp out of a labyrinth. And that costs 20 gems and you get one per, per 20. Mm. Uh, next up, we have the flash bolts. And for 25 gems, you get 10 flash bolts. And these were my bread and butter. They kind of became mine at the end. I when I had a bunch of money and I bought some anyways, and I was like, ah, you know, these are pr- pretty cool because it's a projectile attack. Of three fire bolts, fireballs that shoot out of you, and they're pretty strong. Yeah, yeah. Super cheap, so it's easy to keep stocking up. Exactly. And then finally, we have the fireballs. That's also 10 for 20 gems. And like we said earlier, that is like the pike ball. It spins around you, but it's uh, faster, stronger, and made of fire, which makes everything cooler. Always, yeah. And then there's just a few more to go over. Uh, Two that one I should have used and one I never used. (laughs) That is the twin mints. Yeah, pretty funny. That's 30 gems. Makes a little copy of yourself. Mm -hmm. Not I I kind of hope you have to use it once. Yeah, but it's not not as good as you want it to be. Yeah, that's what I thought. I, I mm. There are a few boss fights, though, that I probably could have ended a lot quicker if I used it. Yeah. yeah. Or mini boss fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, we have the greedy jar. You get five for 30 gems and it makes enemies drop double the loot. But I never needed more loot. So and I never used them. I actually used one once just to check it out because I, I went to an area where I was like, all right, I can kill some enemies that drop five or 10 gems at a time. And the greedy jar only lasts for like 10 seconds. So a lot of these enemies are too tough to kill in time to make money. So big whiffer from that. Yeah, it definitely did not seem worth it. Now to use any of these uh, items we've just talked about, you have to play by Castlevania rules. Yeah. So you must hit up and attack, but it is it takes a while to get used to because there's a timing to it. You don't hit both at the exact same time. I See, I thought you did. I always felt like it was a... Well, like for I me, to... I, I felt like I had to hit up a split second before attack. Okay, well, I, I can see... You, no? you can't just hold up and then, like you can in the other ones, and press B to trigger them. I found, or I couldn't That's get correct. that to work. It is a deliberate tap of both. Yes. Yeah, it means you're never using one on accident, but on the downside, it means you can't unleash them as quickly. True, true. Which, you know, that's why the flashbolt was useful because you can get far away from an enemy and shoot it. Yeah. You're not, you're not beholden to so quick timing. Tis awesome. Now, there are four more items we need to talk about, and they are the most expensive items, but they are items that upgrade your attack, which I was pretty excited about. Yeah. I Until I got them. The fighter's gear. Yeah. I like some of them. I mean, let's start with the boots. They cost 300 gems. Yeah. And if you double tap up, you do a spin flip kick. Yeah, like a vertical attack, kind of, which is is not right. very useful. It does the same amount of damage as your hair, though. Yeah, I, I found it very useful. Certain enemies attacking from above or when they're coming down. Mm-hmm. I, I just because you don't really have to time it like your hair whip. So mm-hmm. it worked there. What about the sash for 400 gems? It gives you another attack during this phase when you are at the height of your spin kick. You can hit attack and then you will do a 45 degree angle drill kick down. Yeah, um, I actually like this one because it's pretty strong. It's tricky to aim. It is. It's stronger. That's the downside. Yeah, you'll end up inside an enemy most of the time if you don't plan it just right. But Therefore, I barely used it. I only used it on some of the bigger, stronger monsters where I was like, I really don't feel like hair whipping you eight times, so I can bust you with two of these. Uh, Well, I got those both at the very first time, like right together, right right the first time I got to the second town. 
Oh, right on. Then I went right back to raise the money to get the cuff, which costs 500 gems. This is when you hold down your attack button for a long time, longer than you think. Yeah. You flash, and when you let go, you do like a dash attack. Which is pretty strong, but you have to know an enemy is just off screen and use it. That's the only time I ever got any utility. You don't have enough time to do it if an enemy's coming towards you. No. Yeah, you will get hit first. (laughs) very annoying and then there's an upgrade to this you buy the tiara for 900 gems now you can only hold 999 gems in this game yes so it's pricey and not worth it and not worth it at all because during that elbow dash that we just talked about you can attack again and you will do like a spinning tornado attack that moves you upwards and the same direction a little bit it's like a weird jump it's supposed to be very strong but it's very hard to hit anything with it yeah it's almost Entirely unaimable because anything you're going to be hitting with it will not be on the screen. My advice would be to save the money you would spend the 900 gems and just buy a ton of flashbolts. Or anything, really. (laughs) Now, luckily, I didn't feel too bad about wasting all my money on these things because, as we mentioned, or as I mentioned earlier, there is a way to get an unlimited amount of money in this game. Yes. And I think this is a great time to talk about the towns, what you find in them, and that will lead us into the dances. So every time you go into town, like you mentioned, you have this view from third person and you can rotate and you go around the whole town. Every town is made up of different buildings, but you're always going to have a save spot, which of course you save at. Uh, You're always going to have an item shop, a bathhouse. Yep. And in a traditional video game Japanese fashion, I love that the bathhouse has become like the standard healing since early video games. Yeah, like in Kid Icarus, that's what it it reminded me of. Or even more recently in um, Stardew Valley. I'll take your word for that. It's great. Um, (laughs) You're also going to find a warp squid hut house. Yeah. And throughout the dungeons only, you're going to find hidden little baby squids. Yes. And when you've collected four of them, and it can be any four, it doesn't matter where you find them. Right. You can take them to a warp squid hut, and the mom will be, you can reunite them with their mother. And once she has four, she'll give you a dance that will warp you to this town. Yeah, pretty cool. Uh, Although they do take a little while to get used to, because they are long. Yes, they are. They're hard, which we'll get into the dance mechanics in a moment. <laughs> and that's it for the the, the things you're going to find in every single town, I think. Well, I, every we'll town talk does... About have one location for like a character okay you know what i have to meet and we're going to talk about those uh town specific locations when we get through our level by level sure but i did just want to briefly mention because we're getting into the dances that in the very first town there is a uh what do they call it the the dance dance hall dance parlor yeah and this was the beginning of the part where I, I, you know, and I'll bring this up again when we get to our general chat, but I was trying to figure out what the target audience of this game was. Because in this dance parlor, you can go in and then dance for money. Yeah, yeah. And it's a betting system where you can bet a certain amount of money. And then if the crowd of what looks like all men uh-huh. throw enough money to you on the stage to match what you said you would get, you then get a bonus. Yeah, it has five different ranks. E through A, and each one has a higher cost, so you got to have money to make money. And so let's talk about the dance mechanics real quick. Yeah. When you want to dance outside of this parlor, you hit select, and then you go into dance mode. Yes. Which is great. I love this mechanic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a little, it looks like a musical note with a couple stars beside it, and that's kind of helps you keep the beat, and you want to hit either a direction or your A or B button to do a different dance. 
move on the beat with the musical note. Yes. And each direction of the D-pad is a different dance move, and each button is a different dance move. Yeah. And they are all, like every other part of this game, beautifully animated. Oh, oh yes. Oh yeah. It, and not just well animated, like they're funny or clever, and I, I don't know, it, it, it looks great. Yeah, there is a, when she's in her ready state, the, I've gone to dance mode, and now I'm just bopping, waiting yeah. for my dance instructions. Like, there's an energy to her sprite and her movement that is so hard to describe, but it's like, you know she's ready to go. Like, it's like, I'm ready yeah. to dance. Let's do it. Keeping the beat. And it's like all conveyed in such a few pixels of movement that it is really amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So once you are in this dance parlor, though, you enter, you take the stage. Once you've decided what rank you're going to shoot for, then it's like a DDR game. Yes. Coming up the line is the beat, the, the direction you have to press, the button you have to press. And each rank that you're shooting for is a different speed that those directions will come at you. Yeah. And I found that if I played on rank C, I could hundred, I could get it perfect every time. Right. I, I, I could do it on B, but I could never win on A. I could win on A and B, but it, A was iffy, B was usual, but I could perfect C, which would give me a full bonus of 35 points which means I left each round with 74 gems. Nice. So you do the math. You only have to do that a few times, and you've yeah. you've done it all. Whenever Now, now add uh, the ability to, through emulation, map a speed up button. Oh, sure, yeah. To get through all the dialogue tree that you have to get in and out of to get on the stage. <laughs> and you can make your money in like 30 minutes. Yeah. I, up to 999. Whenever I felt the need to get money, it was always like, go to the dance parlor. And I mean, you have to go at night, but you can just jam out. So, yeah. And while that is fun, it does kind of make the, the, the coins that are dropped by enemies worthless, though, as my only downside. Yeah. And since all the only other thing you typically get are hearts, it's like, I don't know. It does make you feel like it makes most a lot of the enemies feel very skippable. And indeed, I skipped as many enemies as I could. <laughs> so now that we've explained the basics of the dance mechanics, let's talk about the dances in the game. And there are two types of dances. There are ones you get from other genies mm -hmm. and then the ones that you get from the squids. And the squid ones are the ones that are warps, basically. Yeah, exclusively. Now, when you pause, you have a screen that shows you a nice big old sprite of Shantae herself, mm -hmm. but an inventory of how many fireflies you found, how yep. many squids you found in total, and how many of each item you've bought and are currently carrying. Yeah, and that's where you select which item you want to map to your up plus yes. B. And then if you hit the B button while you're in the screen, it'll flip you over to the dance portion. And each dance you learn is not a spell you select. It's just a series of instructions that you must input correctly during dance time. Yeah, and you know you trigger the dance time by pressing select and you go into dance mode and that's when you can start triggering the moves or the dances, but you can't move or anything. So you want to be very careful about when and where you do it because enemies can hit you. Yes. So the first dance you'll probably get is the monkey dance. Mm -hmm. And these are all I, much... I, mean, I think that you have to. Yeah, yeah. But these aren't these long dances like the warp ones are. They're usually only like two moves where... Yeah, these are your transformation dances, as we'll call them. Yes, the best dances. Um, so, and the first one you get turns you into an adorable little monkey. I mean, I'm going to say the word animation about 400 times more during this podcast than the next one. <laughs> but the animation on this monkey is so good. It's a little tail movements and everything. Yeah. The, are I just mean, phenomenal. It's insane how cute it looks running the way it... I love it. And when you are the monkey, 
you've got the and for Nick to like a monkey character, by the way, that is a huge, <laughs> huge. Uh, they they must have done their 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 job very well. Let's go with that. I mean, if anyone remembers the Donkey Kong Country episode, I try not now. To. When you are the monkey, you can still run, and you still have a longer jump when you've ran. Yeah, and monkeys, the monkey the, has a higher jump than your normal one, I think, as well. Yes, you can jump higher and further because I often would just be the monkey to run through areas. Yeah. Now, the big uh, reason you would change into the monkey is not just for its extra height, its extra distance, or the ability to easily walk through small gaps because he's only half a, a Shantae high. Mm-hmm. It's because this monkey can wall climb or wall jump. Yeah, and that opens up a lot of places that you can now get to that you couldn't with Shantae. It's an form. interesting mechanic, though, because it's not um, you know your standard wall jump, I don't think, or your standard wall climb. You don't just latch on and then move straight up. You have to keep jumping. Yeah, and, yeah. And, you know, you have to move that D-pad to get yourself away from and then back to the wall. Yeah. But it's not hard. It, it's very intuitive. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the monkey is just a great, great little guy to have because you can also use that to save yourself if you're about to fall into a pit, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah. Now, the downside is, is the monkey straight off the bat has no offense. No. In fact, all of the you get four of these animal forms and they all have a special talisman, which is a entirely separate item that you find that will allow you. You don't have to get any of these talismans. No, you don't. Um, but they, they allow you to attack. Uh, you can get a monkey claw, which is gives him a pretty wicked little slash attack. It looks pretty cool. I like it because it's very tall. Like It's like almost a 360 slash that he does. Yeah, it's surprisingly... And, and certain, certain enemies, it, it hits them better, I think, because of its, its arc. Yeah. It's easier to time, I think. Feels yeah, a little faster than your hair whip. But it is about the same strength as your standard hair whip. Yeah. Um, and to become a monkey, you press down and then to the right. Yeah. Do your own little dances. And our next dance slash. I can do them for you on the camera here. <laughs> uh, only the video was recorded. Nick and I simultaneously went into the roll the arms, lean back, Shante dance mode. <laughs> what a moment. We I shared. learned all my dance moves from this game. That's right. But our, our next Only we animal... played this before your wedding. <laughs> I know. Um, our next animal form is the elephant form. Yes. Uh, which... And it's a very small elephant. It is. That's true. Well, it is larger than you. I mean, as anything. far as elephants go, you're larger than Shantae, but small for an elephant. And or, you're yes. a pretty cute elephant. You've got some sort of like decorations and special headgear on. Yeah. Maybe an some, earring. Some fancy eyelashes. Yes. Now, the key is that when you are this elephant, you cannot jump very high or very far. No. But you have a new power that is more than makes up for those uh, shortfalls, and that is the ability to ram into things. Yes. Which is uh, useful as an attack against enemies, or yeah. there are many boulders, stumps, walls in your way that can be destroyed with this move. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of weird because some of the stuff that you attack with the elephant or that you can break to reveal ladders or whatever is pretty like nondescript. I don't know. I, I could see you not realizing some, you know, like some of the boulders look suspicious, yes. but like the stumps, I was like, oh, I, I didn't know that. Like, yeah. Uh, and cool. it does have a talisman as well. And I feel like it has the the most useless of talismans. Uh, pretty much. It gives it a stomp attack. When you jump, you can press down and you do a little shockwave, kind of like the yellow Yoshi. That's exactly what I thought of. And it's about as useful as the yellow Yoshis. I want it to be cool, but if you're that close to an enemy, you've probably failed. Yeah, yeah. Like, why wouldn't you just ram them? 
Indeed. Indeed. I, and I was kind of disappointed by the RAM. I really thought it would be like stronger, but the way the invincibility works, like I found myself ramming an enemy and then just, oh, I'm inside it now. And then it turns solid again and I got hit. There are certain enemies like these stone golems that are mm -hmm. weak to the RAM attack and yeah. will be destroyed in one hit. And that's about, that's the main reason you want to use it on an enemy just because you know it's weak against it. Yeah. And then what is our next uh, dance slash animal form PS? For those that are interested, it is down and then left to turn into the elephant. Yeah, you can handle that. And our next form is the spider form. I really like this form a lot. Yes, uh, it's actually really cool because you can climb on the background kind of, uh, kind of Vega style, if you remember from his level in Street Fighter 2. Mm -hmm. Anytime there is a web or a background uh, it's really hard to describe, but it's easy to see in the game. You know, it's like when there would be a, a wall behind you that you can see. You can climb that wall. Yeah, or trees. and Or tree stumps. It, the real thing that makes me love this character is that it's a very, really cool-looking sprite. But sure. its animations, the animations of its legs on land and when it's climbing upward are both so amazing and fluid that I just want to oh, watch it. Yeah. <laughs> now, it has an odd jump. It's it a does, tall it does. but short jump. And then jumping off of the wall is in itself also kind of awkward. Like, I feel like you automatically jump if you try to walk off of the one of the background things. Like, there are certain sections later on where you're crawling from, like, one chunk of walkable background. And I had trouble with another. I really had to concentrate and be like, look, it'll it'll just let you land on it. Like, just trust trust yourself, leap of faith. Yeah, that's, that's basically what you have to do is you don't do anything. You just walk and, and you'll end up where you need to be. Yeah, yeah. But it's Talisman. I wish I was able to get much earlier in the game. I Man, me too, because you get the spider venom, which lets you fire off a blast of poison, full screen shooting attack. Awesome. Really fast. Yeah, yeah. And, and a lot. Like, you can hammer this thing. It's awesome. It's the best Like, this is the attack I wish I had somewhere. Yeah, yeah. And once I had it, I mean, I, I was using this every time I could. I was just a spider from that point on. Yeah, it becomes the default form. And yeah, I mean, because that, that, that web shot is so good. I mean, even if it's a little weaker, you can hit them across the entire screen. Yeah, yeah. And shoot it at angles. It, you cannot complain. No. Uh, the only thing that uh, you know overshadows it is the final animal form. Uh, yes, the harpy. And this allows you to fly. Yeah. Uh, yeah Straight you up. You can jump and then you can start flapping. It's it's a cool it's kind of a joust form. style. Uh, it very much is. Uh, I, and I, I really like the awkward way you move on the ground with your bird legs. Although and once you start moving, the harpy has a momentum to it. Yeah. If you're on the ground, you can be you can move so fast if you've already picked up some speed. It's it's an kind of weird, but I really like it. You know, it's, it's pretty cool. Agreed. And like you said, it is odd looking, but in a cool way. Yeah. And you're. Talisman for the Harpy is the Harpy Talon, which gives you a slash attack with your, your bird feet. Kind of hard to aim. Yeah, that's the biggest problem with it is if you're flying, it's almost impossible to aim that. I and if you're on the ground, <laughs> you shouldn't be the Harpy. Right, right. I, I used it pretty frequently to just skip over areas I didn't feel like dealing with. Yeah, that's really its main purpose. And to find those last few items that were hidden floating around in areas that you just can't get to any other way. Yeah. Now, um, if you happen to get all 12 fireflies then you can go to a special room where it's, there's a, a like a, it's like a dance scroll that's in the dark and you need the fireflies you can't to read, read it. it yeah and now that, my favorite part is that the room is dark and then Shante goes 
I feel like 12 fireflies would be enough to read this, <laughs> which I think is a hilarious like measurement. Like I really wish I could really figure out how ma- exactly how many fireflies I would need to read something. I want that kind of confidence. It's like instead of lumens. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so you get 12, you get this magical dance. What amazing powers did you go through all the trouble for to find? Well, it turns you into a tinker bat, which they're the enemies, the kind of generic enemies of our pirate foe. Uh, mm-hmm. They look kind of like a. See, I, I, um, they look like Lucy, kind of from Disenchantment, or a cross between them and an Is from the Max, kind of. There's like little black creatures. Mm-hmm. And what can you do when you are that thing? Well, I didn't get it, but from what I understand, you get some sort of throwing attack. I think it can climb on walls, and it has a sword. Like I think it's like the super form if you need it. But okay, I did not earn it. I did not either. I actually thought it was a different thing. I'm probably, maybe I'm thinking of the other special spell I did not get. Oh, well, there's the advanced dance, which if you were to play this Game Boy Color title on a a Game Boy Advance, which had already come out by the time this was released. I think this was Mm -hmm. put in as like a stopgap. And I think either in the first version or second printing of this game or somewhere, they had put in a feature to, you could toggle Game Boy Advance mode to be a brighter screen brighter colors oh that's that's nice to make up for the game boy advances poor screen yeah so what well, does it do i i believe it tra- it changes your money it's like for 10 gems yeah. it'll it'll turn see i thought this heart. is what the yeah i thought this is what the other thing did oh, oh so for 10 gems you can get one heart of health back yeah and it, it'll just fill up as many hearts as you can either afford or are missing from what i understand but by the time I was at the end of the game, I realized that, A, I, I don't care. I could I have more money than I need to to buy no, yeah. healing potions. And B, with the other one, I was like, I don't need another form. I'm fine. Well, even if you don't have all of the heart holders, you know, found. Like, you have a lot of life. Which like, I, I think I missed one. I, I, I got them all, but you rarely take a full heart of damage to begin with. So it's... Right. It's, most of my deaths was from spikes... Yes, spikes or pits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Neither of them are my friend in this game. No, no. So that is it for all of the dances. As we mentioned before, this game had a battery. So therefore, it does save and you can save. Are there continues? Um, yes. And it's kind of strange because, you know, you do have lives. So you get your you start with three or whatever. And if you die, every time you die, you'll start at the beginning of whatever screen you were on. Then there there are these save points. There's usually one in a at a town or sometimes usually near the labyrinths out in the wilderness and you can save there and that's where you'll come back to if you continue but it does not do anything like you don't lose any money or anything the manual says you do but you don't like i I even stopped save stating at certain points because i was like at first i thought no you know i was trying to do the Mega Man thing where i was like i'm going to spend my money you know i'm down to one life then i'll die you know that way I don't lose my, my right. gems, but I, I you don't. So uh, kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And in addition to saving in towns and some forests or other areas, you will find like a, a sage old man when, and you can save at him as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nick, this is a first-time developer, but a long-time publisher that has some good manuals. We got Capcom here. They got a lot of good art to work with. Did any of it make it into this manual? Oh, baby, yes. This is a great manual for a great game. Uh, it is 32 pages. Oh, wow. Full color. Yeah, and you get um, 
a lot of screenshots and some great character art, which is all drawn by Matt Bozen. Okay, I can cool. tell because not only does this manual credits him at the end, but it also Henshaw Inc. and Image made the manual. They or the rest of it. So I okay. thought that was pretty cool. Um, so we get a bit of the story, even though the game goes over it pretty well, where Shantae is a half-genie protector of Scuttletown, which is assaulted by the evil pirate Risky Boots, and she steals mm-hmm. the steam engine that Uncle Mimic, who is like a relic hunter, you find that, and then you got to go and stop her and get that steam engine back, which I think is pretty fun. Yeah, there's some sort of a, there's a show called Frisky Boots. <laughs> oh, Yeah. That's that's like a I don't know it's a off Broadway thing perhaps a drag performance <laughs> fair enough okay I don't I think uh, uh, Jamie went and saw it with her mom at one point oh cool but it forced me to think of that every time I saw that character pop up on the screen I I love Risky Boots I think it's such a hilarious name uh, one of the many it is and it's a the character design is also uh, great she oh. is very similar looking to Shantae but with a red and white color scheme yeah yeah it's super cool. Uh, but uh, as for the manual, you know, it lays out all your controls and, and your, you know, different screens and stuff, towns, fighting gear, items, talismans, towns, all the things we talked about. It does mention, it calls it the world loop, where if you keep walking right, eventually you'll end back up where you started as all of the scenes kind of, yeah, for the most part. I wish I would have realized that because I, I know I wasted a huge amount of time once. <laughs> basically going the opposite direction around oh sure it can be kind of hard you get a vague or a very zoomed out almost unreadable map that would have been really useful if it was close enough to read or distinguish of sequin land which is the setting of this game but yeah and it goes through uh you have a, an awesome character section at the end where you get some sweet drawings of shante mimic risky boots your tinker bats sky roddy tops like all these different characters and they look awesome and honestly, my only complaint, the only thing I would have asked for besides a map is a little more explanation about what the elephant could smash and ram. Hmm. Like if they would have been like, now, does it give stumps. you, does it give you the, uh, I agree. Does it give you the dance moves in there at all or a place to write them down? No, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. it doesn't tell you the actual dances. I don't, I was just curious. I thought that might be an interesting, uh, you know bonus to have so you don't have to check that other screen but definitely not need it yeah the other screen yeah i kind of got used to at least not definitely not the warp dances but my animal forms i, I had most of them memorized by the end where it's like all right easy enough. oh yeah those were all easily memorizable yeah, which is cool but yeah it's a good looking manual does a good job it's, i think it's worth checking out if for no other reason than the awesome character art So, Nick, what was your personal history with Shantae for the Game Boy Color? Well, approximately 10 to 11 years ago, I played through half of this game. I very oh, vaguely really? remember. Yeah, I, I don't I can't remember what got me onto it, but because I, I remember playing it and I think it was right before I got a Nintendo Wii or so, something that bumped it because I, mm. I remember I, I wasn't sure how far I got, but I 100 percent remember getting through the elephant, the second labyrinth. So. Okay. Yeah, I, just, I have heard of this game, you know, for years. I mean, I've heard of the every time a new Shantae game comes out, I see it and people are like, oh, these games are great. It looks cool. I was like, oh, that animation does look good. It's just one of those things that I never took that next step to to play or uncover. Yeah. And I, I didn't realize it was as new as it was. Like, I thought for sure this game was still from the 90s until after I had suggested it. <laughs> so, because I had meant to come back for. Over a decade, I'm guessing. So finally did it. But yeah, crazy. 
then what was your more recent experience with Shantae? I beat this game. Uh, I played it about seven times or so. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. I thought this was going to be a much shorter game. I, I really scheduled about three hours of gameplay for it. Oh, right and on. then in that very first day, I realized I was like, oh, this is this is much bigger than I was expected. I was so I played this game in. I, I really just sat down and luckily I had kind of two afternoons where I had a lot, some free time carved out. We were doing virtual meets for the robotics team because Ooh. there was uh, all programming stuff need to be done. And I was like, all right. I've got like six hours of time. I can just really dig in. So I, I mainly play this game over two huge chunks mm, and gotcha. just, you know, bust it out. And, uh, you know, normally when I have to do that with a game, it kind of detracts from it. I'm always like, oh, like, you know, towards the end of that gameplay, I'm like, I just need to get to this point. Then I can take my break and go do something else. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I was like ready to keep going. It was life that pulled me away, not the the game itself. Yeah. Yeah. I I wasn't sure how long it was because, again, I'd never beaten it. And <laughs> so it, it was. I also did a lot of like dumb walking around and looking for things. I didn't use any maps either, which probably didn't help. I Yeah. Same here. Um, in fact, as we kind of discussed off mic earlier, I discovered a bunch of great maps I didn't think were available. So I was like, oh. Yeah, and uh, I did beat it as well, and I saved really sporadically, mainly when I got to a new area. Yeah. But it wasn't precious. I lost lives all the time and didn't restart or anything. I just didn't care. It didn't matter. Yeah, same here. I didn't know what Uh, the penalty was for starting over, but I got enough free lives slash I didn't die enough for it to really ever matter. Same here. Yeah. I mean, the only times I really died is from pits and from spikes. Yeah. Oh, almost 100%. Um, And and I feel like I probably spent about five, six hours total on this game. Like I'm going to say probably about 10 hours here for sure. Yeah. It could have been quicker, but you know. Well, I mean, yeah, it wasn't. I've said it before. I'll say it again. I like poking around in games, so I did a lot of that here to no avail. All right, folks, that wraps up part one of Shantae for the Game Boy Color. Next week, we will continue to play Shantae. Uh, If you're wondering what to play after that, you can go check out the NES classic Bucky O'Hare. Mutants and aliens, toads beware. Indeed. But we will be back next week with more Shantae. We're going to, you know, talk about our general thoughts of the game and then start breaking it down area by area and talk about all those interesting and perhaps not as interesting boss fights. Oh, that's right. And if you want to get a hold of us, there's plenty of ways to do it. One of which is cartridgecommand at gmail.com. You can email us about anything, how you're feeling today. Let us know. We'll read it and we might talk about it. Do you have some sick dance moves you'd like to share with us? Yeah. Uh, you can also share them on Twitter at cart command or on the Facebook verse at cartridge command, where a lot of you like to chime in, give us your thoughts on the episode the games we play we like to hear anything from you really yeah it's just nice hearing from those that listen i i hear dancing is big on the the tiktok so if uh we got any uh, tiktokers out there want to do some shante dances send them i mean i don't use tiktok but maybe i will if a cartridge commando gets us into it i see tiktoks pop up in my reddit feed sometimes yeah that's kind of that's my main interaction with tiktok i mean i think as an app it does a great job of making me feel even older so thanks tiktok thanks a lot (laughs) uh 
Now, of course, we do go out of our way at the end of every show to thank those awesome, fine, wonderful folks that give to us at patreon.com slash cartridge command. It is their support that makes this show possible. We are just a couple of working class guys that do this show in our spare time. So it is the financial support that you give us that makes us able to host the show, pay for equipment, all that fun stuff. And for those of you that don't give and are considered doing so, even a dollar helps out. We really appreciate anything you can give us. We'd love to expand our cartridge command empire, but we can only do so with, uh, you know, a little more scratch from you folks. Mm. You give us the scratch, we'll give you the time. Yeah. But for those that have and those that will, we do say thank you so very much for giving. Oh, yes. And, you know, every time you support an artist, an angel gets its wings. I will second that. (laughs) Or anything else that gives us another dollar a month from each of you. Mm. Uh, No, thank you all so very, very much. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, game on! the birds outside have calmed down a little bit they're about to fly back into town they never left it has moved into the wall of my uh the outer wall of my house <laughs> you should dude our neighbors like they're like yeah we have all these ducks and then we had a dog and then two dogs and then four dogs and it's like what the f- have a farm like it's this tiny yard like there is no grass in their yeah. entire backyard it's all been trampled down by dogs like that mud. would make total sense if i knew you lived anywhere but in the city <laughs>